Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello once again. Welcome into the lightninginsider.com podcast. Eric Erlinson from lightninginsider.com, your host, as always, wrapping up a 4-1 to victory for Tampa Bay against the Calgary Flames. A needed win in some ways. We'll uh, discuss that, get into that topic of conversation for this team. But they've now won three in a row. They close out a perfect homestand. The three-game winning streak does match a season long to this point. Uh, you know, started off with a win against Washington on Sunday. The overtime win against Dallas on Tuesday and the 4-1 victory here against the Calgary Flames on Thursday. They now head to Nashville on Saturday to face the Predators, a game which, well, I'll get into that towards the tail end, uh, what I think about that game coming up on Saturday. But um, Nikita Kucherov with a couple of goals, uh, amazing. He had, I think, 15 shot attempts in Tuesday's game against Dallas, did not score. Uh, He was up around the 13-14 shot attempt mark uh, again tonight uh, in this game. Uh, He does get an empty netter uh, that sealed the game with uh, just over 13 seconds remaining in the third period. Uh, But he he was firing pucks from everywhere. You could tell. You knew he was sitting next to Jay Retcher in the press box. He's like, Cooch has to score tonight, right? Like, Cooch is going to score tonight. Just because of how he looked and the, and the chances he had on Tuesday, uh, you know, it was probably eating at him a little bit as it can with Kucherov. So uh, he gets a couple of goals tonight. Steven Stamkos scores again, goal number 490 in his career. He's now up to 491 points uh, as well as he picks up an assist uh, to go along with the goal after a 10-game goalless streak. He now has goals in back-to-back games. Uh, also get a goal tonight from Philip Myers. His first with Tampa Bay uh, comes 10 seconds after Calgary scored a power play goal to make it 2-1 uh, uh, at that time. Uh, so important. You always talk about the next shift after a goal scored, whether it's for or against. And uh, that was a, a big response. Uh, fortunate situation. You Look, sometimes defensemen in that situation just sort of throw pucks towards the net, not necessarily looking to score, but just trying to get pucks into those areas. And, you know, you can create chaos, as Guy Boucher used to say all the time uh, during his time here. Uh, so he just throws one on net. It, it finds a seam, finds a hole. Uh, looked like a completely surprised Jacob Markstrom. Did not look like he was ready for that puck at all. Uh, ends up being a huge uh, momentum swing, right, because... 
Calgary scores. They feel that they're close. They're in the game. And, and yet 10 seconds after they cut it to a one-goal deficit, uh, it's, it's quickly 3-1, and they can't recover uh, for the remainder of the game after that. And Tampa Bay closes it out with the Kucherov empty netter. A couple of things to kind of uh, that I think about coming out of this game. The, the first one is for Andre Vasilevsky. And his numbers have not been Andre Vasilevsky-like numbers this year. Not all his fault. There have been some bonehead plays in front of him, uh, turnovers and you know backdoor plays and guys wide open in, in scoring areas. You know those are tough on goaltenders. Didn't see many of those tonight. Had some. Look, you're never going to keep a team completely in check, uh, so you're you know you're going to give up chances here and there, and, and certainly they gave up you know some. But for the most part, look, Calgary had 40 shots on goal tonight. But it didn't feel like 40 shots on goal, right? It's it's there. There are certain teams uh, in the league that are are shot volume teams, right? They just throw pucks on net. They just fire pucks on net from anywhere and everywhere, and look for second chance opportunities. And that's what Calgary did tonight. They didn't get a ton of looks from the if you want to call it the home plate area. I haven't looked at the final numbers. Natural stat trick has been. Uh, a little wonky for me of late, so I've not had a chance to look at it as much as I'd like to. Uh, but in the times that I was looking at it, you know, through the first two periods, you know, the expected goal rates for Calgary was low, even though they had a ton of shots. You know, in the first period, you know, the shots were 11 to 11, and the Lightning had 72% of the expected goals. They were over one, and Calgary was, I think, at 0.4. So, again, a lot of shots, not a lot of quality shots, right? And, and some teams play that way. We know Carolina is a shot volume team uh, that like to be able to do stuff like that. Uh, but the Lightning didn't allow second-chance opportunities, and Andre Vasilevsky never looked like he was uncomfortable at all throughout this game. He... Didn't give up a lot of rebound opportunities. He was seeing the puck. A lot of that was on the defense as they did a pretty good job of clearing lanes and boxing out. Right? You, you clear the lane. You let the goalie see it. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky is a goaltender as you know a lot of goalies in this league. If they see it, they'll stop it. Right? So they cleared lanes and they did that by boxing out. And by boxing out, it does two things. It clears that line of vision for the goalie, and it prevents second-chance opportunities for the opposition. So not a lot of scramble plays, not a lot of those type of things. And, you know, Calgary can do that. They've got some talented guys led by Jonathan Huberto and Elias Lindholm. I know, you know, Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau are not there anymore but they have some high-end players. Nazem Kadri is there as well. So they've got some guys with talent that could put the puck on the net and uh, didn't, you know, they just didn't look dangerous tonight. And I think a lot of that is because, well, there's two things for that. The first is the Lightning didn't turn the puck over. It's a big bugaboo. It's been something that's plagued this team really throughout most of this early part of the season that's what's put the team in dire straits at times I mean just you know you go back to Tuesday's game and 
how Dallas scored the tying goal shorthanded. Just a, an unfortunate play by Mikhail Sergachev as the puck wobbled on him and it kind of rolled off his stick and it was right there for Radic Foxa. And, you know, so there's been too many of those type of plays in the early part of the season. Uh, but as we've talked about many times, they were still finding ways to win games. So I know Dallas got four goals on Tuesday, but you felt a couple of steps in the right direction for Tampa Bay in that game. I had mentioned and, and wrote about the positivity, the, the feeling on the bench after that Fox goal with about four and a half minutes to go that tied at 4-4. Right? Nobody was down. Nobody was pointing fingers. That's a step. That's a a team becoming a team. Right? There's no heads down, anything like that. So that was one important step. But I, I thought for the most part in that game, they weren't giving up a ton of quality looks. Again, you're always going to give up looks. You're never going to keep a team completely in check. But you saw more of a structured game from Tampa Bay and I think we saw more of a structured game tonight, an emphasis on the box out situation, I know Mikhail Sergachev had mentioned that John Cooper kind of touched on it a little bit after the game as well and so those are steps in the right direction and and they're doing this while still winning games but it, for just for their psyche just for their goodwill, how they feel about their game, to only give up one, because there hadn't been a game this season where they allowed fewer than two goals. And I think they had gone seven consecutive games allowing three or more. Again, still winning some games along the way. But giving up goals, and that's not that's not who they want to be. That's not who they need to be. If you're going to win games on a consistent basis, you're going to have to keep the puck out of your net much better than the Lightning have done to this point. And that's why I think they needed a result like this where they only gave up just the one goal. And, and then you feel good for the goalie because... I mean, there's been a couple of late-game situations. Just go back to Sunday. They're up 5-1. A couple of bad turnovers, and all of a sudden, Washington puts three in, right? And it looks bad on Andre Vasilevsky. And Andre Vasilevsky was a very frustrated goaltender coming out of that game. You know, so the, the team needed to reward him in a lot of ways. And this, is, this game kind of went in that direction with... You know, everything they did to protect their goalie and not have him face a ton of high danger shots. So I thought that was important. Now we're going to have to keep an eye on a couple of injuries in this game. Uh, Nick Perbix missed the entire third period and about the final seven minutes of the second period. Uh, did not get an update on him. Um, Jay Retcher and I looked back on his last couple of shifts, and we didn't see anything that necessarily stood out, but he did uh, block a shot from Nikita Zadarov, and then he got kind of uh, low-bridged uh, by Backland. 
and kind of fell a little funky. Now, he took another shift after that, but that was it. He left the game after that and did not return, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Cole Kepke also missed the final half of the third period. Didn't see what happened to him. Didn't have a chance to go back and look and see what happened to him, but John Cooper mentioned in his post-game press conference that they had a couple of guys dinged up, so those were the two, Perbix and Kepke. Uh, didn't have an update, didn't provide an update on either of them. We'll have to see what practice brings on Friday before the team leaves for Nashville for Saturday's game. Uh, but, they're look, they're, they're obviously banged up on the blue line. At one point, Ian Cole went down the tunnel tonight, too. So for a brief period of time, they only had four defensemen. Ian Cole blocked a shot. It's actually right before Calgary scored their goal. He was a little hobbled and, and was able to finish the shift but went down the hallway. Uh, came back not too much later, so he did finish the game. Um, but obviously already without Cal Foote. Foote did take part in the morning skate on Thursday wearing a red no-contact jersey. Uh, if, and this is if because it's not confirmed, the team doesn't say things like these, but let's assume he suffered a concussion based on the hit that Nicholas Obey-Kubel delivered to him last week in Washington. Let's assume it's a concussion. If it's a concussion, it's a minimum one week out so Friday will be one week. By the time we get to Saturday, it'll be eight days. So if he's clear concussion protocol, then he at least would be eligible to return. Not saying he will, but he'll be eligible. But the fact that he was on the ice with the team during the morning skate, even in the no-contact jersey, gives you the indication that if, he, again, if, if, if he was in concussion protocol, he has been cleared for the most part. Uh, Eric Chernak missed his third consecutive game. Uh, he took a shot off his uh, off his leg, his lower leg, in Washington on Friday. Uh, he did not take part in the morning skate, but he did skate this morning. Him and Cal Foote were out there a little early, just getting in some work. Uh, but again, Chernak did not participate in the morning skate. So we'll have to see what his status is. And where's Zach Bogosian? You know, John Cooper said last week that the hope is that maybe Bogosian could return before Thanksgiving, which we're a week away from Thanksgiving. We're a week away from Thanksgiving. How are we a week away from Thanksgiving? We're a week away from Thanksgiving. And um, so if he's going to return, it's going to be Saturday or it's going to be Monday because those are the last two games before the team has three days off. They're off Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week before they host the St. Louis Blues on Friday, uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, the Lightning will be on the ice then before they finally get back on a road trip uh, to close out the month. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. Uh, so we'll see what Pagosian status is. Uh, hopefully we'll have a better idea of where things go and where things stand when the team practices, whether, you know, who's out on the ice or whether or not the team provides any sort of an update on those injuries. Uh, but we'll have to keep a close eye on it. I mean, injuries are part of the game. They happen. Um, so, again, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, one other player uh, I want to point out is Mikhail Sergachev because for whatever reason... Like, when players make mistakes, so many people want to bury them, right? They just want to bury them. And hockey is a game of mistakes. Oftentimes, the team that allows the uh, that makes the fewest mistakes finds a way to come out on top in the game, right? And you can say that a lot about, about a lot of sports, but with the speed of, of hockey, you know, mistakes are more prevalent, you only got a few guys on the ice, so they they stand out more. And he made a mistake on Tuesday against Dallas, and he owned up to it, and he knew it, and he came back tonight. Still, again, where Mikhail Sergachev gets himself into trouble sometimes is his decision-making process with the puck, uh, especially in his own end. Now, he has to be better there. Um, I'm not saying anything other than that. Uh, you know, he had a couple situations tonight where he had backhand passes that were knocked down and stayed in the zone. Like, you you have to, when you have control of the puck, you can't make those type of mistakes. But he does so many things good. He does so many things well that we don't want to talk about those. We only want to talk about the mistakes, right? We want to bury them. And as I mentioned after Tuesday's game... John Cooper is the type of coach who doesn't like to throw individuals under the bus in a public situation, right? So that's why, you know, we talk about the when he benched Nikita Kucherov a few years ago and the, the sort of seismic event that that was. Last year, when he pulled Andre Vasilevsky in the middle of a period, which he hadn't done in years right he just he doesn't do that that's just his coaching style I'm not telling you it's right or wrong I'm just telling you that's his coaching style but part of that coaching style means that he is not going to bury players for mistakes now you repeatedly make them over and over and over again that's a different story but he's not going to bury players who make a mistake in a game He's going to give them a chance to move past it and maybe make a play. Well, Mikhail Sergachev tonight made a play. He, he had a terrific keep-in along the wall on the power play when it was just a one nothing game for Tampa Bay. On his offside, because it was on the right side of the ice, he's able to get over there and keep the puck. Uh, he kind of batted it down out of midair to hold the puck in. Now, he admitted his pass needed to be better, 
over to Stamkos that eventually led to Nikita Kucherov's goal that made it 2 nothing. But he made a terrific, terrific play, and he had a few of those moments tonight. He had more of those moments than he did those couple of backhand clearance opportunities or backhand passes in the uh, defensive zone that I mentioned. You know, it's like, like quarterbacks, right? There has, there's a ratio. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make interceptions. But what's your touchdown-to-interception ratio? Or in basketball, what's your turnover-to-assist ratio or your turnover-to-steal ratio? Those type of situations. If you're on the plus side of that, then you're doing well. Now, we'll talk quantities in games. If it's you know a massive quantity and you're a plus three, well, that's that's a little bit of a different story. But you know you don't have those type of situations. So we just want to uh, make sure that we kind of keep an even situation in judging players, just like Brandon Hagel. You know, early in the year, how many people were ready to, to move on from Brandon Hagel and not give him an opportunity to play through things and show you who he is? He's showing you who he is. And I know it's different with Sergachev. He's been here for, you know, several seasons now. He's got plenty of games of experience, and there are mistakes that are frustrating to watch. You know, but how many people want to bury Nikita Kucherov because he might make a mistake? And he does. He, a couple of times this year, you're like, what is he thinking? Why? What is he doing with the puck there? There's been those moments, and you're going to have those moments. But I promise you, the brilliant moments are in a far more abundance than those, hey, what are you doing moments, right? So there's no such thing as a perfect player. There's no such thing as a perfect game. Teams make mistakes. Individuals make mistakes. And that's where John Cooper's coaching style comes in. And, you know, we saw that on display big time in 2020. Remember when Blake Coleman made a mistake that led to a tying goal for the New York Islanders in the Eastern Conference Final? He tried to blow the zone too early, got caught up too high, and the Islanders ended up scoring, and it was his guy that ended up scoring the goal. Well, he threw that line right back out on the ice with Blake Coleman, and seconds later, the Lightning regained the lead. Right? So that's just his coaching style. You can agree with it. You can disagree with it. I'm not telling you I agree with it. I'm not telling you I disagree with it. I'm telling you what it is. It's his style. So, um, you know, we have to... Not overlook, but understand that in this game and how fast it's played, the pace and the speed and everything else, that players are going to make mistakes. But as long as they're continuing to try and limit those mistakes, cut down on those mistakes, that the skill level of players like Mikhail Sergachev are going to stand out more. We remember the turnovers because a lot of times they end up in a goal against. But we don't want to talk about the plays they make that lead to goals that are scored. And, and I guess that's all I'm trying to say is to not bury a player every time they make a mistake. Because Sergachev, again, made a brilliant play tonight. That, that was a brilliant play, and he had a few of those. Not necessarily like that, but a few of those other type of plays um, within the game. So... 
Uh, all right, Saturday's game at Nashville. I mentioned I was going to kind of bring this up a little bit. It has the feelings of a trap game to me because it's a road game in the middle of a bunch of home games, similar to last Friday against Washington. You know, Nashville's a Western Conference team. It's quote-unquote nondescript. And on top of that, you got the Bruins coming in on Monday. And the Bruins are at the top of the division. Uh, They just won their 10th consecutive home game to start the year. So they're off to a flying start. I mean, they are off to a start that I don't think anybody could have predicted coming into the game or coming into the season. You know, I think I've only lost two games in regulation, and here we are just about to Thanksgiving. Did I say, gosh, I can't believe we're almost at Thanksgiving. Uh, so I, Saturday's game looks has the look and feel to me of a trap game. We'll see if the Lightning can kind of push through that um, and, and, and find a way up in, uh, up in Music City, Smashville, Nash Vegas, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I would assume we'll see uh, Andre Vasilevsky net, but maybe not. Maybe Brian Elliott to play because there's a gap between games. Um, you know, may, maybe not. Maybe Elliott's next start comes in the back-to-back. They have a, a back-to-back in um, the end of November, the week after uh, Thanksgiving. So maybe that'll be Elliott's next start. But uh, Ryan McDonough will be emotional for him. Uh, probably be odd for the Lightning to see him on the other side on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, I just... I hate to say it, but it just has that feeling of a trap game on Saturday. Um, speaking of Saturday, I will be, uh, again, back on the pregame skate show with Bobby the Chief Taylor. Uh, that'll air one hour before the game, so 7 o'clock. That'll be on the air on the Strike 102.5 HD Channel 2, uh, as well as Lightning Radio 24-7 on TuneIn. Uh, I'll also uh, host the last call after the game, me and Greg Lanelli. We'll have the last call for you after the game. Uh, I believe I'll be doing some intermission hits with Greg during the radio broadcast as well. Uh, and again, I you know keep harping on this because I'm hopefully I'm reaching a new audience here. Um, only only two outlets are covering this team on a regular basis. One of them's me. And if you like my work, if you support my work. Uh, if you appreciate everything I do, I have in-depth stories, in-depth analysis of uh, games and feature stories and stuff like that on the website, lightninginsider.com. And if you use the, the code podcast, if you're not already a subscriber, you'll get $10 off your first year. And a little secret, if you put that code in to renew, you get the $10 off there too, but shh, keep that low. Um. So again, the code is PODCAST for signing up at lightninginsider.com. All right, uh, subscribe to this website, share this website, let your friends know it's out there. Uh, It's uh, available everywhere you get your podcasts, um, wherever you're listening. So subscribe it. If you're on Apple, give it a five-star review, assuming you think I'm giving a five-star performance here uh, in in these these episodes that I provide. So... um, do that. Uh, I would appreciate all of it. And of course, I always appreciate the support and the feedback at Eric underscore Erlinson on Twitter. My email is Eric at lightninginsider.com. That's Eric with a K. Uh, if you ever want to reach out to me or have a question or anything like that, I'll do my best to get back to you. All right. 
Until Saturday's game in Nashville, we'll talk soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.